What's up, everyone? Uh, we're back uh, where it all started from the beginning. Yes, sir. And we're about to get rolling. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Chuck and Shoop show. I am Shoop. And I'm Chuck. He is the host today, but we got a whole host of things to talk the about. The hostess with the mostest. Today. But you know who it's all going to be all about today. It's these boys on his head. Oh, and yeah. the city chiefs. You know, you know what happened. You know what happened and you're here for it. Yes, yes. All those that doubted Chuck, you have been wronged. Not only doubted myself, but uh, doubted the Chiefs in general the whole season. So everybody who did doubt them can suck it. But yeah, full Super Bowl coverage coming up. And we're going to get to that in just one second. But before we get into today's episode, let's talk about our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Now, we're heading into NFL offseason, so you may think, Oh, can't use Underdog Fantasy anymore, right? Well, they have NBA and NHL games that you can play right now, starting tonight. So go download the app, Chuck and Shoop. Use our promo code to get up to $100 in deposit match so you can start playing, build that bankroll up, and get ready for the next NFL season. I'm locking down right now. Underdog Fantasy, baby. Get on there. We got... NBA rest of season predictions coming up. Trade deadline just happened. A lot happened. Uh, moves shaked up both conferences. So we'll talk about who we think is going to come out of each conference. And then we're going to talk a bit of NFL offseason with the free agents that are coming up. And who's a perfect match where, who stays, and who are we most intrigued about where they're going. Hmm. All right. But we got to talk about this Super Bowl. Maybe one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I mean, everyone's going to talk about the call, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, but we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah, uh, but Chuck, how I obviously you're very happy as a Chiefs fan. Yes, ecstatic. Uh, I watch, I rewatch the game maybe like two times. Um, right after, let's go into the breakdown again. Let's start with first half of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, first half was rough. Eagles got off to a very hot start. Uh, you know, it looked like for a bit that the Eagles, I mean, the Chiefs were going to have the advantage as they kept feeding Travis Kelsey. And then they got into field goal range, but then Harrison Bucker doinked it. Yep, he did. Then the Eagles went on a scoring rampage throughout the rest of the half. In fact, the only blemish they had was the, the fumble six from Jalen Hurts. Huge uh, play by Nick Bolton. I was going absolutely nuts. I was jumping up and down, screaming. Um, I was with people. They thought I was a lunatic, but that was an insane play right there. Yes. Uh, what happened in that first half that allowed the Eagles to get such an advantage, Chuck? So the first half, um, in general, I think it was just the Eagles dominating up front offensively. Both teams, I think, offensively in the first half, you can see they were just getting down the field easily, whether it was the run game or the pass game with the Chiefs. And what was frustrating for me watching as a Chiefs fan was the defensive, like the defense was getting those third downs. They got them on fourth down, third down, like in consecutive drives, and they just couldn't get off the field. And it led to touchdowns. Thank God they got a stop in the first half that led to a field goal. And that wasn't a touchdown at the end of the the uh, second quarter towards the halftime. And because if that was a touchdown, they go up two scores. I I wouldn't have I mean I was doubtful because I, I saw Mahomes' injury also I was very worried going into halftime like is he going to play but I mean it was a Super Bowl of course he's going to play but if he didn't play it, it was doomsday but 
Thank God they kept it to a 10-point game because we saw earlier in Patrick Mahomes' career, down 10 against the 49ers, comes back and wins in the second half. So that first half was just the Eagles dominating offensively, controlling the clock. And I think they had the – I'm pretty sure it was the first drive. The Eagles had the most plays in the opening drive in the Super Bowl that led led in a score. And then also, like, going – like, we'll get to the second half, but – they couldn't get off the field on the first half defense. You're telling me that the time possession difference was almost 10 minutes in the first half, which is extraordinary difference. Um, it really came down to those third downs. The the Chiefs lie young players on their defense, and the Eagles are just a mismatch for really any defense. They just got playmakers literally all over the field. It was the Devontae Smith show for the most part. He was getting consistently open. I mean, on that on that deep ball, it looked like McDuffie had a... He had a position on it. I thought maybe A.J. Brown pushed in the back, but you're right. He nah. did have a position, but I think he just didn't... He stopped his feet once he turned to look for the ball, and then A.J. still had the the angle where he was running towards the ball. So I guess he went right behind, right past him. That's but definitely... Jalen Hurts, I want to say, though, after he fumbled... Remember that drive when Nick Bolton scooped and scored? Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts comes right back on the field and scores. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a real deal. He really is, and... The Eagles honestly should have been up way more. Um, that's a rare mistake. I agree with that. I agree with that. Rare mistake that Hurts makes there and really hurts because they had a penalty right before it, you know, to make it into a third and six or a fourth and six. I'm not, I don't remember if it was third or fourth yeah. down. But, yeah, they shouldn't have been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, they could have just gone to a padded QB sneak. Uh, so, yeah, so we're in going to half – down 10, mm-hmm. Mahomes is limping off the field. Yeah. I was about ready to cash out my Chiefs plus three and a half. I was that nervous. I, I thought, yeah, I was very doubtful. So, yeah. So let's go into that second half. Um, Chiefs couldn't be stopped on offense all of a sudden. Um, what was the biggest adjustment that Andy Reid was able to make? I think it was um, the the mix of more of the run game and like the added once because I think they were able to run the ball coming into this game. I think they, I didn't think they were going to be that efficient in running the ball, but Pacheco had wide open holes for, even if it wasn't for seven yard gains, it was for three and a half, five yards. And the chiefs are getting like really good run, like looks and they were doing power and uh freaking, there was one play where Kelsey and um uh, the right guard, uh forgot his last name, Smith, uh, they were pulling, and they absolutely clocked uh, Hassan Reddick in the second half. And then Pacheco, even though he got like a three, four yard game, I was gain. I was like, "Yo, they're taking it to that defense because that is one of the best D, allegedly one of the best D lines that season, most sacks in NFL history." But at the same time, you know what was you know who the MVP was if it wasn't Mahomes and the, and like the Chiefs still won. Who it was, was that it? offensive line. Absolutely. It was that offensive line. If the Eagles ones, we agree it's Jalen Hurts. But if it wasn't for my, if it wasn't for that O line not giving up a single sack against the best defense in um of that season, like that O line is they got their guys, they drafted uh Humphrey, and they just balled the fuck out. And really nobody could be stopped. Um, like Kelsey couldn't be stopped. And uh I'm I'm glad Pacheco got a touchdown and the rookies too. Absolutely, and the fucking cord, fucking Tony. Absolutely, you know, but people were expecting a lot of sacks this game. Only one sack between both teams, and that was uh, Jalen Hurts running out of bounds mm-hmm. on one play. 
So credit to both offensive lines. We knew the Eagles offensive line was really yeah. good. And the Chiefs offensive line is good too, but the Eagles pass rush, I mean, they they set sack records across the board this year. People were expecting big things from all their pass rushers, just absolutely nowhere to be found. Now, the other thing that everyone noticed is how are receivers running so open in the end zone? Yeah, What's going on there, Chuck? So I think it was um, in the first half, the Eagles, um, <clears throat> well, luckily they kept Mahomes like, off the field in the first half. Like I said, the Eagles just dumped clock. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how many times I was like, it's a QB sneak. And then nobody could just stop it on third and two, fourth and one. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. This has to be like, a, a, a they're cheating. I thought they were cheating. I was like, the Eagles are cheating. Most unstoppable play in NFL right now. Uh, literally right now. It is the most unstoppable play. Besides uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. Mahomes, you saw in that first drive, um, he goes down the field at ease. Kelsey is wide open. So I think in the first half, the Eagles went zone. And I think Kelsey was just, they were dinking and dunk, dunking, not doing the deep throws. And then when they got closer to the red zone, I think you saw the Eagles play more man. Because on that throw to, to Kelsey, like it looked like that was man that play, that first touchdown. You get to the second half. I think they were doing the same thing, zone at the midfield. And then once they got into the red zone, they tried to do more man. And that just hurt them because they started doing – the Chiefs started doing these motions. And they did it one side to the right with uh, Cardarius Tony motioned him in. And the corners didn't – like were adjusting as if they were he was going across the field. So miscommunication – Tony's wide open, fucking all you got to do is throw it to his face, touchdown. And then they do it on the left side um, when they get into the red zone again at the end of the game to Sky Moore. They do the same thing, motioning him. Uh, you see the corners talk to each other about bumping bumping guys so you don't have to run across the field. So they thought he was coming across the field again. He doesn't. He busts out, again, wide open, just put on his face. Like I think those are the easiest touchdowns uh, Mahomes has thrown like all season. Like Those guys were naked, butt-ass naked. Um and I was really surprised, too, because I thought the Eagles would play more aggressive. And I, I don't think they they really blitzed a lot. They didn't do a lot of six-man pressures. I think they literally dared the best quarterback in the NFL to throw at them. And they didn't get one sack. So Unbelievable. They really relied on the four to get there, and those four did not get there. He, they did not. A uh, couple of things I want to touch on with those couple of plays. So... The Eagle, what they, what Andy Reid noticed about the Eagles comes from his old buddy Doug Peterson. The Jaguars had played the Eagles earlier in the season, and they were able to execute a touchdown on a similar play with, I believe it was uh, Christian Kirk, who ran, yeah. who ran that kind of motion route. And they noticed that the corners like to follow along and try to get a head start on catching up the receiver. So when Kirk turns back the other way. You know, he gets the easy touchdown. Well, Andy Reid took that right out of the playbook and just completely exposed him right on the goal line. Now, you think about what the Chiefs did, yeah. not only in the offseason, but midseason. So they draft Sky Moore, speedy receiver. Trade for Kadarius Tony, speedy receiver. Exactly for these types of plays. Uh, for, the, for the motions to draw defense offside. Not offside, but in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Mahomes, who's got great instincts, can make throws like that. But I don't know if you noticed this. So on that Sky Moore touchdown, he was looking to motion. Uh, he was looking to motion Sky Moore. Mahomes was. Yeah. Uh, Moore lined up on the wrong side. He was supposed to motion from the other side. 
Um, So Mahomes was like, he was going to call over to motion, but he's like, oh, shoot, he's not on the right side. But they, so Moore did like a tinier motion um, into the slot. And this, they just did the play anyway, and it still worked. Oh, okay. So I know what you're saying. He was supposed to line up more inside instead of lining so outside. Uh-huh. I got you. I got you. That's interesting because I'm glad you said that because that's probably what the Eagles were looking for, the fucking jet motion with the speedy guys. I like how you said the speedy guys. Yeah, and that's why the Chiefs were able to shed Tyreek Hill and the massive amount of money he wanted and still win because – it's really all about scheme. I mean, Mahomes elevates the scheme to a whole nother level, but yeah, it goes to show like Juju Smith-Schuster, he showed up in the second half oh of the Super Bowl. Oh my God, he showed up. He yeah. showed up, but I doubt he's getting paid because the Chiefs have already proven they don't need um, an elite receiver. I mean, it helps to have Kelsey, obviously, but yeah. they don't really need an elite receiver to make this work. They just won the Super Bowl. Um Let's start. So instead of dubs and L's this week, we got a lot to talk about the Super Bowl. So let's give some out some dubs and L's for the Super Bowl. Chuck, give me some of your dubs for the Super Bowl because I got I got a bunch I want to give out. Um, I'm gonna go with huge dub is uh, our guy, even though he was a giant, Cardarius Tony. Mm-hmm. Huge dub. Just I, I think I was. I think it just like was full circle watching him um, return that punt um, because honestly, I did really feel bad for him. He, like he probably wasn't on the, the right organization. Right. And the giants don't need him. Like I'm, I'm a giant fan. I'm not sorry. right now. We don't need him right now. Like you could always get a better receiver, but I do see this guy doing special things, especially on that chiefs offense with an Andy Reed like that, especially those motions and shit. And he only played what? Like, six games this year including playoff games six games so the sky's the limit for that guy huge dub needs to um, stay healthy though. exactly needs to stay healthy um contributed on special teams had that huge return i said it in the video it's gonna be come it's gonna come down to the fucking third phase of the game special teams and then and he juked out three guys in one move and then fucking he had he had so many blockers to the right i was like i was like go go to the right go go Oh, so best looking punt return you could possibly ever see. Yeah, ignoring the fact that it was Super Bowl, that punt return is a thing of beauty with all the blockers. Yeah, I thought he was gonna score, he should have scored. And you know, and the fucking honestly, props to the uh, Eagles kicker, uh, punter because he tackled him at the end. Yeah, after getting juked out of his socks. Yes, um, that was for me. Um, I'm gonna give a list of dubs and go over them briefly. Um, my my first W is gonna go to Mahomes for toughing um getting that tough guy label now you know we already knew he was a, a winner and a prolific quarterback but now you can put tough guy on his resume too for battling through that ankle injury and looking better in the second half despite aggravating it in the first um and that really showed on that 20 yard run that got the chiefs into scoring range mm. um i'm gonna give a w as well to James Bradbury. I'll talk about the call in my in my L. I was just about to mention him in what a second. You, what do you but go off. But uh, W James Bradbury for being a classy guy about the situation. Yeah, owning up to it. He really could have caused more controversy if he wanted to. You know, if he said, "Oh, the ref screwed it up," but I think he did the right thing, um, and it definitely was a grab. Uh, so good on him for owning up to it. Uh, I think that's a great example for for all young athletes 
as is Jalen Hurts. Extreme W for him. Played the game of his life. Yeah. Um. Per- he played. Besides that fumble, he played perfect. Yeah, I mean the fumble was very unfortunate, but it was it was a mistake. Mistakes yeah. happen. Yeah. Hurts is such a leader. The, the Eagles respect him so much, and uh, the Eagles are going to be contenders as long as he's the quarterback. He's he's that good of a leader. He's that athletic. Obviously, you hope that you don't run to the ground and wear him down, but the Eagles have something special, and he deserves every dollar he gets in the future. Um, so a couple more W's here. I want to give a W to the broadcast team, Kevin yes, Burkhart yes. and Greg they, Olson. Greg Olson's best. Fan, they're the best broadcasting duo right now in the NFL, and it sucks because Tom Brady's going to come in and – like honestly, I'm gonna say it. He doesn't deserve to just come in and take Greg Olson's spot. Olson has done fantastic. Hopefully, another broadcasting team signs Greg. Yeah, I mean, he'll stay. He'll probably stay at Fox, but he's gonna get like a massive pay cut. He doesn't deserve it. Uh-huh. Like, um, and then actually, you know what? I think that's all I got for my dubs. Um, I want to break down my L's. Yes, go real off. quick. Um, so my my L. Um, on that penalty is going to to the the Fox television crew. The Fox television crew is very much responsible for all the outrage and the uproar regarding this penalty. If you watch the the angle from different replay, ah. so at the top of the route, uh, Bradbury grabs Juju's jersey as he's trying to break, and the referee even said. In his penalty call prior to the pass holding. But they kept showing the replay of when the ball was in the air and he was turning the corner and he had the hand on his hip. That was not where the penalty was called. And when I was watching, I was a little bit outraged too, because that's not too. that's not a penalty. And I'm like, how how can they ruin a game over that? Like that's that's stupid. Yeah. But they didn't sh- like Fox did not get the right replay and I, I just think they're very much responsible because when Bradbury admitted that it was a penalty, I'm like, it didn't look like a penalty. Why would you admit that? And then I saw the other angle and I'm like, okay, that's where it was. So Fox really dropped the ball on that. Um, so broadcasting team do well, but the, um, the uh, I guess the directors or yeah, video, video cam- camera yeah, crew, camera crew, you gotta get a better angle than that. Yeah. Um, and, camera crew. Yeah. Who would have thought the camera crew would get the L? Uh, um, I don't really have a lot else to get out of the game because everyone pretty much played their hearts out. Um, it was pretty much free from controversy. Oh, oh, my, oh, my L would be well, he's Super Bowl champion, but Valdez Scantling didn't. He had one target, and he did not hit my over. But yeah, it's it, it's fine. You're 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 a champ now, though. Yeah, he's he, champ. Valdez Scantling fades whenever there's shell coverage. Um, right. Yeah. But I'm also going to give an L to the entire NFL because Patrick Mahomes was signed for 50 million a year and teams were like, how can you compete when you're signing a QB for that much? Well, the chiefs are the first team to prove that you can sign a quarterback to a deal like that and still win the Super Bowl, which is only bad news for the rest of the NFL who thought maybe there could be like a mid market for quarterbacks. Well, all these quarterbacks are going to have to get paid now. Mm-hmm. Because of what Mahomes just did, so we love you, Mahomes, but you just ruined all quarterback <laughs> contracts and salary caps for the future. Uh, love you, Mahomes. Um, 
My L is going to be um oh my L's right now. Nobody is uh so after the Super Bowl, so we got Andy Reid, yeah, even though he's he's contributed most of the success for his players and his coaches. Eric Bieniemy, I think, needs a head coaching job because even though I don't he's not calling all the plays, it's him and Andy. I think he does deserve he does definitely deserve a head coaching job. And I think a lot of guys are passing up him and they're going for guys that I forgot um, who just lost in the Super Bowl to Eric B. Emini. And so I don't know what's going on there. So huge L for everybody around the league, not signing him. I don't know, man. It's gotta be something that was interviewing. He interviewed like half the league at this point. And it can't be because of his skin color because D'Amico Ryan's, you know, he gets, like his first year really interviewing he gets a job right away um so something's got to give it's it's got to be something with his interviewing and or it's just the andy reed effect yeah he might have to be oc somewhere else but even andy's not. getting old uh, who but... yeah he, gotcha, maybe, Eric. maybe the enemy might have might stay he should stay for as long as he wants go yeah i'm down Bowls. for another super bowl so never mind i didn't say that yeah and maybe he'll just be his successor if he's really that good huge l if the enemy signs anywhere else Mm-hmm. definitely um so anyway fantastic super bowl uh it's gonna suck heading into the offseason but at least we have that game to remember uh but we're gonna talk about the offseason for a little bit we're gonna ask a couple questions as you know yeah free and is going to be coming around the corner and we're gonna start with the quarterbacks so first question i want to ask you chuck um which free agent quarterback do you think is most likely going to be staying where they're at. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson resigns with the Ravens. So I think he's going to get franchise tagged. Um, There's two guys I think are locks to resign. Daniel Jones is the first one. Obviously. Um, Didn't think about that. Giants need to resign. He, He fits well in that scheme. He's developed in that scheme. They'll tag him. And, um, if they even if they do sign him, I think they can get him at a better deal than if they've waited another year and impressed again. You know, maybe best to lock him now, give him thirty five million. Um, it's gonna obviously hurt the rest of the roster, but um, tag Saquon. He, he fits. Yeah, it's it's it'll be a tough decision. I think if Dan Daniel Jones does get the tag though, I think Geno Smith is uh surefire going to get another deal because. For Geno Smith's sake, if he wants to keep succeeding at the level he has, he probably should stay in the same scheme that he's been. You know, he goes somewhere else and gets, he might be able to get more money, but his longevity might not, you know, he might not have as much longevity. Yeah. Um, If he goes into a new scheme or he doesn't have the same talent around him. And they do have a lot of talent. Yeah. He had good receivers in a good running game and surprisingly good offensive line. Yeah. So, uh, not only it makes sense for Seahawks, but it makes most sense for Geno Smith. I think it's a great match. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, what about what quarterbacks do you think are going to a new team and what would be their perfect match? So I think I think Rogers is gonna go to the Raiders. And I think um uh Derek Carr is gonna go to the Jets. And who else? Mm. Oh, Tannehill. Isn't Tannehill free agent? Um, 
Yeah, I think so. We might see him on a new team. Yeah, maybe as a QB competition. Right, something something like that. The Packers, if they don't have a quarterback, they got to sign some veteran, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Panthers, Panthers can draft a rookie. Most likely. Saints. Do you think Saints give Winston another shot? What choice do the Saints have? I know, the right? Saints they in, have to. The Saints are in cap hell. They might have to go for like a second or a third round rookie Do they want him and Dalton? Um, listen, if you are... If you go into your grandma's cupboard and all she's got is the uh, Costco brand Oreos, but you know the, the next nearest supermarket's five five miles away, like you're gonna have to eat the Oreos. Yeah. I think like the Saints are gonna have to use what they have. They don't really, and like it's gonna be a tough year for the Saints. But you know what, Chuck? I want to talk about another NFC South team. Yeah, and I'm gonna give you a little surprise. So I think that Lamar Jackson. The Atlanta Falcons. Oh yeah, okay. I could see great, great. I can see that. Now here, the good O line. The O line's great. They have a ton of cap space. The Falcons aren't in a greatest position to draft the quarterback. They can, uh, but they're not getting the top two guys. Mm-hmm. And we saw Desmond Desmond Ritter last year, and there's no indication that he's the long term answer. There's no indication that. It's totally out of the realm, but like he didn't really, he was very inaccurate and not the most electric in terms of a runner. Mm. You put Lamar in that offense with that already established running game. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you sign a receiver on top of it or draft a receiver on top of it. And you're looking at an amazing offense um, and a, you know, an up and coming defense. The Falcons played way better than their roster talent, even though they went seven and 10. They played way better. I think they're projected oh, yeah. to be like a four four win team. So they already surpassed expectations last year. You add a quarterback like that, and oh, don't even get me started on how much the fans would love Lamar Jackson there. Yeah. They loved Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Um he would be it would be an amazing fit. And if if the relationship is as bad as it seems on the outside between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, you could very well see that happen. I wouldn't be mad. I would not be mad. All right. Um, I think they. I think the NFC needs another elite quarterback. With Rodgers gone, with Brady Literally, gone, literally, like the NFC is tr- is trash right now. I mean, right yeah. now, it's trash. Yeah, we're gonna have Brock Purdy as a face of the NFC right now. That's that's what's gonna be my question right now. Quickly, 49ers, What do you think they do with the quarterback? They're gonna go into the year of QB competition. Um, and I think it's just going to be an intense QB competition. I don't think any either of them have even it. though with both of them having significant injuries. Well, it's not, it's going to be one of those two. Okay, they're, they're going to Jimmy G's gone. He's yeah, he's, he's going to back up. I don't think yeah, they he'll back up somewhere. They don't want to. Spend they have they don't have a ton of money invested yeah, yeah. in either of them, so they're not going to go out and sign someone because mm-hmm. they're both these guys are on cheap rookie deals. Yeah, um, Purdy would have it on lock if he didn't get hurt with his elbow injury, but if there's complications and he's not. Maybe if maybe he's not fully ready. Is that Tommy John? Um, yeah, it'd be like the equivalent of Tommy John. Ugh. It's not the same. You don't have to whip it oh, the same yeah, way. Yeah, though, you yeah, know? Yeah. True. It's a bit of a different motion. So I'm very much looking forward to that QB competition. It's gonna be between those two guys. Backs. All right. So what so besides the quarterback, what free agent offensive player are you most intrigued about where they land this year? So Evan Ingram just had uh career year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Now, will the Jacksonville Jaguars actually pay him? Well, they got a ton of money tied up in receivers. Uh, and you know, they spent a lot of money off last offseason. They they might not be um, keen on spending a lot of money this offseason, uh, especially with what Trevor Lawrence showed. Um, I'm thinking Evan Ingram to the Washington Commanders. Okay. Um, new OC is going to be coming in for Washington, potentially Eric Bieniemy. He's rumored to interview there. Um, and Washington doesn't have – they have Terry McLaurin, but they don't have a ton of other playmakers on offense. Um, the running game was good, but uh, it's not the – they don't have a takeover-the-game kind of guy there. Mm. Evan Ingram would fit really well as a tight end because they love Logan Thomas, but Logan Thomas is extremely injury prone. Yeah, he's old. Can't can't trust he's, him to stay on the field. He's getting old. Um, and they Evan Ingram is going to command a big salary this offseason. And like I think Evan Ingram would maybe be a, a even better fit on a team like the Falcons, but they're not gonna pay him with Kyle Pitts on a rookie deal. Um, so I think Commanders and Ingram, it'd be great fit for both of them. They get a, a a good weapon at tight end, and Ingram gets the money that he wants. I like that. We'll touch more on uh, free agents in the coming weeks as we get more and in, deeper into the offseason. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to transition now to the NBA. Yeah. A um, lot happened in the past week. I mean, we we talked on last week's episode how we didn't really expect much more to happen uh, besides the Kyrie deal. We were extremely we wrong. Were wrong. Katie got dealt maybe not even like six hours after we aired the episode. Well, record the episode and air the next day mm. um so katie goes to his sons so we'll talk about the west in a second but we're gonna start with the east yes um bucks beat the celtics last night um neither neither team really made a ton of neither team made big moves during the trade deadline but they're almost identical in record i think the bucks are a half game out yeah which team do you think comes out in the east now notice last night um when they played they only lost by like they lost by seven in overtime, right? But Celtics were without Jason Tatum, um, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown, their core three. And the Celtics even like they just kept it close regardless. So even though I still think Giannis is like the best player in the East, the Celtics are the team to beat. And I think the Celtics are better than the Bucs. Oh, yeah. So, you make a you make an excellent point. And the one thing you also have to remember is the Bucks are riding hot right now. Celtics are a little bit cold. I mean, relatively yeah. cold for how well they played this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Celtics will get their injured guys back and they'll probably go on a run. Bucks might hit a, a tiny bit of regression. Uh, I think the Celtics will ride out for the one seed. Yeah, definitely. But it's going to be extremely close between those two. Now that's half a game. That was a huge game. Because... All right. Sorry. All right. All right. Okay. So, so Celtics Bucks top two seeds, and it really doesn't feel like any other team in the East it has a chance. But if you had to pick one other team in the East that could one other team, mm-hmm. so it's gonna it's gonna be Celtics one, Bucks two. Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna be them in the semifinals. Um, that's what probably everybody's thinking though. So I'm gonna pick a third team. And the 76ers are the ones that make the most sense. They, that even though they fuck around with their rotation way too much and, and um, Doc Rivers is getting old and he kind of sucks. 
because uh, he can't make adjustments. Um, uh, hashtag um, Blake Griffin talking shit about him. Yeah, uh, in that game. <laughs> but um, I definitely think the 76ers are again another team to beat. But the other teams behind them, I don't think any of them are that good. Uh, let's show some love to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they went out and acquired Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's taken full ownership of the, the lead scoring role, but their their defense has been what's most impressive. I think Jared Allen has low-key taken a huge step this season in yeah. becoming not only you know great rim guy, but just fantastic defensive force. Which the Nets still had him. Yeah, no. The, we'll touch on the Nets for one second. <laughs> Somebody in somebody on Reddit put it this way: This is a role player super team, fantastic role players. But there's literally you you can't ask Dinwiddie to be the guy nah. every single time. It's nah. just going to be too easy for defenses to solve this team. Yeah, but I also think the Nets knew that the Nets phoned this season in. Um, they're not expecting to contend in the playoffs, and they're just going to try to maybe get a superstar in the offseason. Or just completely rebuild. So yeah, damn I, shame. But I hopefully they pick the completely rebuild because they got a fuck ton of picks, and I don't think they should trade most of those. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's move over to the West. The West is extremely tight at the top. Um, lots of teams in contention. Nuggets are currently on top, but do you think the Nuggets stay there? Now. They so behind them is I'm pretty sure it's the Grizzlies and what's the other team? Grizzlies. Grizzlies and... are right behind them, and then you got teams like the Mavs. That's right, the, the Mavs. Suns, uh, the Clippers are hot right Clippers. now. So it's Kings. Don't forget the Kings. The Kings. Turn three so seed. I'm pretty sure if you look at the standings right now, and I could be wrong, but it's like it's it's Denver and then two teams behind them, and then the the five through. Um, eleven seed, the five three twelve seed. Yes, exactly. Like three or four game difference, or two game difference between every team. Like it's actually, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, so I think they're like the Suns. I think are the team to beat just because what they look like on paper. Um, with that KD signing, but KD's coming off an injury, so I don't know if the Suns make it all the way. The Mavs also look like the team to beat because they have two perennial superstars on their team, and. But their defense, I think, is lackluster. And then they and then I mean the Grizzlies are the young bully team tries to be the bully team, think thinks they're gangster, um, <laughs> but they're not. They're just halfway crooks. Um, and then Dylan Brooks is the absolute worst and plays like a football player. He's playing the wrong sport. So I would love to see him line up at linebacker. Um that just got me heated. I hate Dylan Brooks. <laughs> um, so I mean, it could be like I think it's definitely Denver. I think that De- I think Denver definitely has like the chemistry. They don't they haven't fucked with their team. Um, and I think Jokic is just gonna win MVP again because he just controls the whole game. Yeah. And don't forget about Jamal Murray, now fully healed from that awful knee injury he had a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He's really starting to look like his uh, former self there. Um watch out for those Sacramento Kings. They don't get talked about. True. Because we're so used to not succeeding for so long. Yeah. But they're a young, exciting team that can score in bunches. They got some veteran leadership of Harrison Barnes. Um, and De'Aaron Fox has taken a, a, a massive step up. Now, my concern with... So, we talk about... we The Mavs and Suns both made big moves acquiring each of the Nets' superstars. Mm-hmm. 
The concern with the Mavs is they gave up their best defensive pieces in the deal, which mm. we talked about last week. Yeah. And you, we've seen, like, in that game against the Timberwolves, where they lost at the very end, um, their plan was that they they tossed it back and forth between Kyrie and Luka, and um, it was, like, Jaden McDaniels and maybe Anthony Edwards, too. Yeah. Both of them were just going at it, All over smothering them, them on mm-hmm. defense, you know. Um, if those are the only two guys you got to worry about scoring at the end of the game, I mean, it shouldn't be too difficult to defend this team. And obviously, defense is a big problem. Yeah. So the the Mavs will beat up on bad teams, but I don't think they're going to make noise in the playoffs, which I hope so too, because screw Kyrie. Yeah, fuck Kyrie. And the Suns, um, I worry about KD's long-term health. I mean, he... He's he's had knee injuries, ankle injuries ever since that torn Achilles. Like he's been he's been his his self in terms of how he's played, but he's just had injury after injury like that that has halted his progress. You wonder if that's going to show up in the playoffs. And then you have Chris Paul getting older, and yeah, DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden doesn't look like he cares half the time. So soft. So um, the Suns, you know, super team on paper. But it might not come together this year if it does at all. Um, I like, I like the Nuggets, but I think the Grizzlies can make noise too. As much as we don't like them, yeah, gritty team, and watch out for the Kings. I like it. So you could see um, Nuggets, Nuggets, Kings, or Nuggets, uh, Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Nuggets, Grizzlies. Yeah, if the Grizzlies, if, if the Grizzlies get their home court. Against the Kings, it might be tough. I don't know how how much of a home court advantage the Kings will have, but the fan if they make the playoffs as a three seed and they win a first round playoff game, the fans will be out in force like they never have. So it might be an environment we never we haven't seen in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Literally, we haven't made the playoffs since I started watching NBA, and that was like I started watching like 2006. So that's that tells you a lot right there. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Chuck, I'm gonna end with. On one note, you mind if I go off? Yeah, you got something? All right. Yeah, let's go. I'm I'm happy. Complaining about the refs. Yeah. Saying that the refs ruined the game. All right? The reason why the Eagles lost is not because of a ticky-tack call. You're probably upset because it ruined what was a great game, which is understandable if you put it that way. But to say... The game is rigged and it's scripted and all, all this other stuff. Like, I can't, like, I don't really want to be sitting here and defending the refs. It's, I mean, they have, they have a whole NFL to back them up too. So like, um, I think it's very contrarian to defend the refs at this point, but they made the right call. They made the right call. So there's no reason to be upset about it. They can't make every single call. And if you want to blame somebody, blame the NFL for not having a system where you can challenge penalties. Yeah, let's bring that that's back. Not, that's, not the refs, that's not the refs' fault. The refs are just calling it how the rules are are putting it out there. People use the refs as, as the easiest excuse in the world to say my team lost. Hmm. Refs, umpires, they they screw up. You know, they're, they're human. And if we want to be upset, someone blame the NFL for for the product they put out there and not being able to challenge penalties. But this was a great game and the great reason game. great game, 
The reason Eagles lost because they couldn't make the right defensive adjustments Mm-mm. in the second half. Zero, not sack. because of one play at the very end. Like facts. This tired. I'm just tired by hearing I'm with that. ref ball. You like, know what? It, you know what? It also is, Shub. I'm glad you brought this up. It's because we're so damn spoiled. We're spoiled watching Super Bowls that are tight and close that end by field goals or ten points or less. Like we are so like used to that right now. There was a time where the Super Bowl sucked. Like it wasn't even like a national treasure. Like I'm, like it was always a national treasure. But you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like we're a lot we're, of, lot of pe- exactly shit ton of blowouts. Like, um, so so many games in the '90s blowouts. A lot of games in the '70s blowouts. Um, by like ten or more points, and we've been fucking spoiled with these Super Bowls. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I mean, like I could sit here and be like give people sympathy but like i'm the chiefs fan what what i'm gonna say like oh like i guess like you won because of the call you didn't get any sacks you didn't get any sacks Mm -hmm. you let the best player in football on the field too long couldn't get off the field in the second half yep and andy Reid is just god andy Reid is god in kansas city and he wasn't god in philadelphia shout out to terry brad for telling andy Reid to waddle over here i was also gonna say that was an l but that was hilarious yeah it was honestly kind of funny um terry bradshaw is kind of losing it yeah no he definitely is he's getting senile but he has that job as long as he wants mm-hmm. okay before we end the show where does that rank among your super bowls all time i was glad you said this um uh i would put it i would put it past the it would be 10 it, where because i put the undefeated season the dolphins undefeated season that that one would be 10 and the only reason it is not lower because it didn't really have a significant ending play and yeah the ending was like <clears throat> wasn't like a helmet catch or like a last second fucking san antonio homes for a touchdown um or a 28-3 comeback in overtime it wasn't like that but it was a good hard-fought football game where the chiefs were again down by 10 and they came back and won yeah, maybe if it had come down to the Eagles driving to try to yeah. tie the game, maybe it would have been the best Super Bowl of all time. But I still think it's top five, and that's really not recency bias. It's just like top looking five, at I like that. Like the magnitude of the game, two number one seeds, um, the storyline, you know, the ankle, the comeback. Honestly, you're right, the storylines. Yeah, uh, I put it up there with the uh, the Patriots, Falcons, Seahawks, Patriots, Giants, Patriots, no seven, which I still think is number one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe throw in a game from the 90s or 70s in there. But, like, yeah, I think it's top five for me. Okay. I like that. But we are number one. We yes. are the number one show for your sports exactly. news. And if you're not following us on Spotify, do so now. And if you're listening on Spotify, then you're probably not subscribed to our YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if you want to subscribe to our YouTube, link in our Spotify description. If you want to follow our Spotify, link in our YouTube description. Ain't that funny how easy we make it for them? It's amazing. Download Underdog Fantasy because Super Bowl's coming back and you're going to want some money for it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Shoop. I'm Chuck. And we will see you next time.